This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, we're already a few weeks into 2020, and this year has it's been... It's racing by. It has been racing by. Uh, we're glad to have you all listening in again with us. Yes. And uh, again, my name is Sam, and I'm your host. This is the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, and I get to sit across from Richard Blackaby today. <laughs> Welcome, so. one and all. Absolutely. So we're doing something that uh, we haven't done in a while. Uh, we try and do these, I think I say this every time, but uh, we try and do these every month, but mm. it, it just doesn't always work out that way. And um, it's one of my favorite segments and, and many of our listeners, their favorites as well. And it is the uh, leadership book review. Yeah. And, uh, it's not that we haven't been reading leadership books, but we no. had some Christmas and New Year's uh, yeah. special podcasts and just uh, took a few weeks extra to get back to it. Right. It's, it's just, it's that time of year where it seems... Uh, Relaxing as it may be, it oftentimes gets filled up with with other stuff, and so you know we just put this one off until now, and uh, maybe tell us what book it is we're we're looking at. Yeah, and I think uh, Sam, you know, one of the reasons we do this is because we just want to encourage our listeners to always have some kind of leadership book that they're reading. I, yeah. Uh, Pretty well all the time. I, I I usually have a biography on the go, and I usually have a leadership book on the go, and then whatever else uh, devotionally or professionally that I might be reading as well. And so uh, I've got actually a stack of leadership books I've read that we'll be previewing here uh, as yeah. we get them in the queue. So, but uh, this one today is called uh, "Ego Is the Enemy," and it's by Ryan Holiday. And Ryan yeah. has uh, written uh, several books. Um, and Sam, I, I think you said he's you have you listened to some of his podcasts, whatever. It's yeah, called? he's I've seen him on on podcasts. I think he has his own YouTube channel. I think it's called The Daily Stoic. If oh, okay, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and uh, this this is kind of an interesting book for me. Uh, some folks, uh, I'm sure, some of our listeners know uh, Cheryl Batchelder. She uh, was a she's a very very sharp uh, woman who was a very successful CEO of uh, Popeyes for a yeah. number of years was award-winning um, and has just had a very uh, extensive, successful CEO career. But uh, I work with uh, Cheryl in a particular uh, project that we do together. And uh, uh, one of the last times I was with her, she mentioned this book. I, Whenever you get around a really smart, successful person, yeah. it's always wise to ask, what are you reading? Uh, yeah, and for sure. She, uh, she liked this book enough that she'd bought and purchased, I think, a box of them and was kind of giving them out to friends and colleagues and so on. And so that was enough for me to want to read the book. And so I, I did. There are certain people that when they say you ought to read this book, I just go to Amazon and order it right then. Right. And right. Uh, in fact, but I think she gave this one to me. So then I really wanted to read it. Um, and so uh, it's, a, it's an interesting take uh, on ego. And I don't know how many of us as readers uh, think, oh boy, I better haven't read a book on ego lately. I need to yeah. do that. And yet, uh, certainly in our culture and in just the kind of challenges and environment that leaders uh, live and work, it's certainly an, uh, an important issue that uh, that I think it's good to circle around and uh, kind of take our own uh, spiritual uh, pulse to make sure that um, we've got this uh, issue under control. Yeah, you know. Life. And, and and the ego can can crop up in, in in all sorts of ways. It can manifest. Uh, you know, it, it's not always just the the guy out there tooting his own horn. But uh, yeah. as, as we'll see, it, it can manifest in many different ways. And uh, before we get into that, why don't you just tell us how he defines ego uh, in the book? Yeah, he he doesn't define it uh, in a 
in a positive way, he, he says, uh, ego is an unhealthy belief in our own importance, uh, arrogance, self-centered ambition. And he talks about the fact that uh, there are four stages to ego. He talks about aspiration and then success and then failure and then back again. And he says, we're all in one of those stages. We're either aspiring uh, to achieve something or we're experiencing success in that uh, field. We've actually achieved what we were pursuing. And then inevitably at some point we're going to experience some failure. And then he says, we're back at it again. We're aspiring once again. And so that's kind of his, uh, his, uh, schema of how he lays out the journey, uh, that can lead to ego. He says, there's no one, uh, moment that changes a person. There are many, uh, to go from wanting to be like someone, uh, your whole life to realizing you never want to be like him is a kind of whiplash that you can't prepare for. And that's kind of his story. Uh, he was in a marketing, uh, field and working for a company and for a person he greatly admired. And then through just a series of difficult circumstances, he watched uh, a leader that he admired really captivated by ego. And he watched the devastation that comes when you let ego blind you to truth and facts and reality. Uh, he says that ego inhibits true success by preventing a direct and honest connection to the world around us. He says ego makes us not see reality properly yeah. in ourselves, in our companies, in, our, in the problems we're facing. It tends to make us want to blame others for our shortcomings uh, and so on. It, over, it causes us to overestimate our contributions. And the, what I liked about uh, this particular book is that he, he begins and he kind of at the very start lays out a bit of a biographical journey, just telling you about his own journey and how yeah. he was disillusioned by what ego could do to someone he greatly admired. But then at a certain point, he kind of stops and says, but I'm not going to make this whole book about my personal journey. And yeah. of course, so many books are that way. Uh, someone has uh, a traumatic experience or a successful experience or they start a company or do something good or bad and then the whole book basically goes through a process of what they learned and experienced through that uh, that uh, time in their life uh, and he says no I, I want to go in a sense deeper than that and I want to I want to survey the wisdom literature from uh, people throughout history and see what they have to say about it. And of course, for me, that that's way more appealing. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, I think I think you 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 got hooked once, yeah. once you start talking I'm not, about. You know, I don't. I'd never history. heard of Ryan Holiday before I read this book, and so I, his own journey might might be very interesting and instructive. But uh, you know, at a certain point, it's like, well, that's your journey, and that was your struggle, and maybe your weakness. But uh, but when he starts pulling in wisdom literature from all kinds of sources, uh, yeah. politics, military, f- philosophy, particularly I was uh, struck by his, uh, he, he has a, a fondness for the Stoics. Yeah. And uh, he talks about uh, a Seneca, uh, for one, and uh, Marcus Aurelius and others. Uh, and in fact, he got me kind of hooked on it. It, it. I remember after reading this book, I realized I'd never read anything by Seneca. And Seneca, I believe, was George Washington's favorite author. Mm. Uh, he read Seneca all the time and tried to base his life on the Stoic philosophy espoused there. And so actually, I bought one of Seneca's uh, 
primary writings and have been reading it. We'll probably profile that coming up. Uh, yeah. The Stoics, uh, there's a lot uh, that Stoics have to offer, I think, particularly in our society and certainly to leaders. And so uh, that's one thing I really like about this book is that he he draws upon you know, professional sporting coaches and uh, world uh, leaders and military generals and so on, good and bad. Well, you know, I think you really see that he's a student of this. Yeah. Uh, and he's not just, uh, you know, he's not just doling out advice that from his experience, but, but he has really studied a lot of these, uh, you know, major figures throughout history. Yeah. And I just, of course, I'm, I love history and I love uh, getting your life around uh, the experiences of people in the past and what you're learning from their mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself. And really, what I might do is just kind of scroll through here and just uh, not, you know, he, he, he basically is unpacking ego and kind of what it can do and how it can blind you and some ways to uh, protect yourself from it. Um, but what I might do is just kind of give you a glimpse of some of the quotes that uh, stood out to me. Sure. Whether at home, on the job, or in the ministry, we can all have a greater impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. Join Richard Blackaby at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove to learn about increasing your spiritual influence on April 6th through the 8th, 2020. Space is limited, so register soon at the link in the show notes. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. He does say, of course, he, he'll tell you that, that uh, ego is um, blinds you to reality. It's going to cripple you. It's going to inevitably lead you to failure. But then he does, it's interesting, he does mention what he calls outliers, which are some people that were notoriously egotistical and seem to be successful anyway. Yeah, you know, I a think few he, come he, to mind. He feels that he kind of has to address that because we can all, some come to mind. And for instance, he mentioned someone like Steve Jobs uh, that, you know, was not known as a humble person or, you know, he very opinionated and often just believed it had to be his way. And, uh, and so, you know, and yet he built, one of the most successful companies in history. And so I, I think you could probably look at some, the, the founder of Amazon and some other companies and say, well, you know, Bezos and Jobs aren't necessarily known as wallflower, humble, you know, people, yeah. uh, always uh, deferring to other people's opinions. And so there's a certain amount of uh, myth around people like that that says, well, if you're going to be fabulously successful, you've got to just be very assertive and outspoken and confident. You've got to right. grab hold of your vision and not worry about what other people say or think. And he, but he, he would just tend to say, well, some of these people, you, you would never say they were successful because they were prideful. You'd never say their ego is what may gave them their success. Mm. It was, uh, it, their ego might've helped them persevere because they were so confident. They persevered in adversity, but, but if you really unpack their success, uh, it's not, it, it, was, it was almost despite their ego, not because mm. of their ego. Yeah. So a Jobs, uh, at times his pride could offend his primary partner in Wozniak, but it, it, and it sometimes almost cost him his friendship with his partners. But really what his success was that he had some really gifted people working with him. And yeah. he had an ability to, to draw those people in. So he, he does start with that. But, uh, but then he, 
but then he, he just gives a number of uh, examples. And it, what was I thought also interesting is that some of the people he kind of looks to as examples, we might look at as a negative one. Uh, I, I, one thing, perhaps a critique of this was some of the people that he highlights, you might say, it's interesting that you chose that person. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of that uh, as we go. But um, he, he says, uh, one might say that the ability to evaluate one's own ability is the most important skill of all, uh, to, to see yourself as you really are. Hmm. Uh, he quotes uh, a famous quote by Winston Churchill, facts are better than dreams. Uh, and uh, the, the people that are very successful are the people that look at reality and see it clearly and mm-hmm. the reality of themselves and their abilities, their shortcomings, uh, their problems. And he, and he has an interesting discussion about talking. He says, uh, some people talk a lot and he says, you're not, you're not learning when you're talking, uh, and you're not necessarily accomplishing anything when you're talking. He, uh, he says the only relationship between work and chatter is that one kills the other. Uh, either you're working so you don't have time yeah. to chatter or you're chattering so you don't have time to work. Uh, and, uh, there's just a number of course. I just love when he surveys famous people and some of the, the, the things they had to say. He mentions Frederick Douglass, who said, a man is worked upon by what he works on. And I mm. thought that was interesting. Whatever it is you work on, that's going to be working on you. Uh, he says that the pretense of knowledge is our most dangerous vice. Uh, he quotes uh, Epictus, who says, you can't learn if you think you already know. And there's an interesting, he says, there's an old saying that says, when, uh, when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Uh, and uh, mm. some of those statements you have to kind of think about, but um, what he's saying is, uh, if you're not t- in a teachable moment, it, you're probably not going to have anyone coming around trying to offer you advice or counsel. But when you are ready to learn, there's usually some source of learning available to you. Uh, but you just weren't accessing it earlier because you didn't yeah. think you needed to learn. Uh, and he talk, he gives some interesting examples. He mentions, for instance, uh, the invention of the Segway, uh, that that uh, that mobile device you stand on, you see in airports and things. And, yeah, you see uh, group tours with yeah going through downtown uh, and areas. And you know, he'll talk about it, it's kind of an interesting little study he does, where when that first came out. Um, it was considered brilliant, and and people like Steve Jobs and others said like this is the the, the biggest thing since laptops kind of thing, and then it, and he and he says uh, what's what's kind of interesting about that study is he says there were a lot of people that felt like this was like the surest thing to make people rich and be successful that they come across in a long time, but then it it didn't it yeah. it, it never met those expectations, and he says how can someone as brilliant as Steve Jobs have been so wrong on that one. And, uh, and so it's kind of an interesting study. He says, uh, you know, j- just because you've been successful at some things doesn't mean that you're smart about everything. Yeah. And fact, no, it's interesting because we had that, that same study and I think it was the last book review we did originals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They talked about that, that same issue was that, you know, all these folks thought that this was the next best thing, but they were all wrong about it. Yeah. And, and people, and there's a certain ego that says, well, if I've, if I've been really good at politics or in the military or building cars, 
then I, I'm just a brilliant guy and yeah. whatever I think and see as a, as having potential or uh, promise, then I'm just good at that in every area. And he would say there's success sometimes can lead to some of our worst failures because, uh, right. we, we start, we, we lose uh, sight of reality. We don't, we're not seeing it clearly anymore. Um, interestingly, he looks at some, uh, one of the examples, uh, well, he, he says several things. For instance, he says, passion typically masks weakness. We tend to value passion, and if you're really mm. passionate about something, then uh, you're going to probably be more successful. And we we tend to think of the people that pioneered new companies and inventions as people that had this bold vision, and they passionately pursued it, uh, you know, despite all the obstacles. But uh, he would say sometimes that's not passion. Sometimes causes you not to see reality clearly. In fact, sometimes passion, you know, we've seen this even with sports teams. Yeah. It might be an average skilled team, but they play with a lot of passion and heart. And that can kind of take you above your skill grade for at least a while. But yeah. uh, long term, it's it's not as effective as just building in the right kind of processes and, and uh, skill sets. Uh, he says some other interesting things. Uh, he says, clear a path for the people above you and you will eventually create a path for yourself. And it's, it's talking about humility. There's some people that never want to be in an associate role. They always want to be in charge. And yet he gives some examples of people that were willing to make other people successful so that in time they had their own opportunity to become successful as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always say some of the best leaders are, have been the best followers. They yeah. were the best lieutenants. That's we we looked at that with uh, Ike, uh, Eisenhower uh, yeah. for years. He he worked under George Marshall and uh, and MacArthur, which he mentions George Marshall. Yeah, uh, as an example of someone yeah. that was a great, uh, you know, he was a great uh, lieutenant. He was he uh, was loyal, um, and he would say, if you want to have success be good at helping other people have success as well. And if yeah. you're in a secondary role, do that well. Don't uh, sit out over in the corner and pout because you're not in charge. Well, you know, that just makes so much sense. And it just seems sort of like a no-brainer. You know, we even looked at that with the life of Joseph. Mm -hmm. You know, he was he was yeah. making those, you know, above him successful and ultimately led to his own success. Uh, you know, one of those examples I mentioned, he talks about uh, Bill Belichick, for, uh, coach of the... Uh, uh, Patriots football team and mm -hmm. uh, and of course now he's kind of maligned as, as someone who'll do anything to win uh, in some circles <laughs> at least but uh, <clears throat> but he gives the example of him for years uh, earning his his opportunity to become a head coach uh, for years he served in secondary roles and always went the extra mile always tried to make people around him successful uh, and it's kind of interesting because you don't you don't see him used although he's got a very successful track record um, he's, he's gotten some bad press along the way, but, uh, so it's kind of interesting some of the people he chooses, uh, to yeah. look at, but a lot, but what, what's interesting is a lot of the people that are now in their, in their glory and on, they're on the pedestal now and they're, they're in the limelight. It's always interesting to see how they got there. And yeah. oftentimes they didn't just start out there. Uh, no. they were great lieutenants. They were great at going the extra mile, staying later, getting there earlier, paying their dues so that eventually they got their shot and uh, and then they made the most of it when they got it there's some interesting little quips he says uh, for instance say little do much 
There's some people that that talk a lot uh, and don't do much. Uh, And I've had, I've had those people uh, come up to me and want to impress me with all that uh, they thought about certain things. Uh, Years ago, I had someone uh, wanting to impress me with all their uh, knowledge about church planting. And they went on and on and on about all that they knew and all they'd studied and articles they'd written. And I finally stopped him and said, have you actually planted a church? And he hadn't, <laughs> but he wanted to become a professor teaching others how to do something he'd never done himself. Mm. Uh, he had much to say, but he had done very little. Um, also, sometimes uh, he, e- ego is kept in check when you restrain yourself. And he gives the example of Jackie Robinson, of course, first uh, African-American uh, professional baseball player in the major leagues. And, and it's a famous uh, story of how people were trying to prod him and agitate him to basically lose control and yeah. become angry and and uh, and and he was just advised at the outset people are going to come after you they're going to try to get under your skin but don't let them do it don't let them throw you off your game and so uh what made him so successful was he restrained himself he and earlier in his life he had a temper and he uh had done some pretty wild things but uh to become great meant he had to just control himself yeah. and not even if it was unjust and it was unfair. Um, and he, and he said, uh, one of the quotes, uh, related to that, he said, when you want to do something, something big and important and meaningful, you will be subjected to treatment ranging from indifference to outright sabotage count on it. Um, he also talks about get out of your own head. He refers uh, to George McClellan, the famous civil war, general under uh, Lincoln that was uh, an egotist to the max, yeah. uh, who uh, was so, saw himself as kind of a modern day Napoleon, uh, This, uh, but he, he was always nervous to fight. He always uh, thought if he just had more supplies, more men, more money, then he could do more. And it was not his fault. It was uh, that people weren't giving him what he needed. And, uh, uh, and this gives them great examples of people that their ego basically was their undoing. That yeah. uh, a, a guy like uh, uh, Gen- Ulysses Grant was not known as a prideful person, but ultimately was the one who got the job done. And the prideful guy that everybody thought was such a fantastic general finally was just cast aside because his ego just uh, prevented him from leading. Because mm-hmm. he says we tend to think that ego equals confidence. And he says, now confidence is not a bad thing. You need conf- If you're going to lead, you have to have confidence. Uh, nobody wants to lead an unconfident leader. But ego, he would define it as different. He would say, ego is about you. It's about, it's, it's uh, blindly getting filled up with yourself. Yeah. Confidence just says, I see reality and I know I'm good at this. Uh, if you're a, if you're a outstanding basketball player, you, you, it's not, uh, there's no reason not to have, if you don't have confidence, you're not going to take that jump shot at the closing seconds of the game. Yeah. You got to have confidence, but there's a difference between that and ego that says, I'm, I'm the best guy on this team. I should always be taking that final shot. I should never pass. Uh, I should get paid way more than everybody else. Cause I'm the best. This team would crumble without me. That's ego. Confidence just says, I know I can make that shot. And in a clutch moment, I'm going to make it. Uh, and then you do. So, uh, and that's, I think, one of the, the great dangers is we sometimes uh, substitute ego with confidence. Yeah. And I think you've got to be careful with that. Uh, last thing just to say on that is um, 
uh, he, he, he asked some good questions. He says, what am I missing right now that a non-humble person might see? Or, or, or a more humble person might see. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that's an interesting question. It has my ego somehow blinded me? And now I'm missing a really important factor. My company is uh, struggling or I'm having conflicts with some of the people on my staff. Uh, I, I'm getting criticized a lot lately. And I don't see it. I don't understand why this is happening. Could it be that my ego is blinding me to some reality that's going on? If I were more humble would I recognize some things and see the causes instead of thinking it's never my fault? Maybe if I had more humility, I'd realize, well, actually, when I treat people that way, when I talk this way, uh, when I don't hand out uh, affirmation and credit, I keep getting these results. Uh, And so if you were more humble, if you were less egotistical, would you see more things that would help you uh, and lead to greater success? So, Richard, as we wrap up here, um, wh- what are some, some of your final thoughts, final looks at uh, yeah. Ego is the Enemy? Well, let me just give you a couple of quick quotes here that uh, just pop out at me. Uh, Henry Ford said, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Bill Bradley, mm-hmm. famous baseball or basketball player, said, when you, when you are not practicing, remember, someone somewhere is practicing, and when you meet him, he will win. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think, I don't need to do it anymore, he, he takes on the phrase uh, that's quite popular, fake it till you make it. He says, uh, versus uh, make it so you don't have to fake it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, too many people are faking it today, and that ego causes you to do that. Um, uh, He's interesting. He uses Genghis Khan as a a model because he says he was the greatest conqueror the world has ever known because he was more open to learning than any other conqueror has ever been. Hmm. Um, He he looks at uh, some people like uh, DeLorean, famous inventor of the car, but says he was a genius. Sadly, that's rarely enough. Uh, hmm. Just being smart, but becoming yeah. so confident. He mentions soccer, quotes a soccer coach, Tony Adams, who says, play for the name on the front of the jersey, and they'll remember the name on the back, which hmm. I thought was a great quote. Play for the team, and they'll remember who you are. Play for yourself, and uh, then they, they won't. Uh, James uh, Basford said, it requires a strong constitution to withstand repeated attacks of prosperity. I like that quote. <laughs> um, and just one yeah. or two last ones. Uh, lots lots of great quotes there. Uh, I, you know, I, it's one of those things where I probably, I think I also bought a book, a biography on, uh, uh, well, probably two or three, Jackie Robinson. I think I got a biography on him afterward too, just reading a story about him in this book and brought a book. I can always tell a good book when it caused me to buy about three other books because <laughs> uh, I <laughs> think, wow, good. I want to read that too. Uh, maybe last two, two last quotes. Bill Walsh, who was coach for San Francisco 49ers, said almost always uh, your road to victory goes through a place called failure. Uh, and uh, Plutarch, the future bears down upon each one of us with all the hazard of the unknown. And maybe just the last uh, quote. Interesting story tells uh, Alexander the Great uh, went to... Uh, to talk to the philosopher Diogenes, and Diogenes was apparently impoverished, uh, had very very little, was sitting out in the sun. Uh, he was a philosopher, and Alexander the Great wanted to come and see if there's anything he could do for him. He's the the the, the conqueror of the known world, and powerful and rich and wealthy. And here's this impoverished 
uh, philosopher. So the philosopher is lying there in the sun. Alexander the Great walks up to him and asks him, what, what can I do for you? <laughs> and he said, stop blocking my son. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting story. Here's the, the guy who thinks he's so great. I can offer you anything, all the gold, diamonds, wealth that you might want. Uh, what can I give you? And he said, just, I'm enjoying the sun right now. Uh, you, you just step out of the, uh, get, get out of the shade there, or stop shading my view. And uh, I think sometimes we think we're big stuff and yet we're missing the most important stuff. That's what ego can do. And, and so I think for every leader, you got to come around just like taking your pulse, your weight, uh, your heart rate, your blood pressure. There's, there are moments where you got to circle back around to ego to say, has it found a way to creep into my life where mm. I, I don't have my feet on the ground anymore like I ought to? And uh, it's costing me and it's costing others. So it's a, it's a good read. I think it's one you, you ought to put it on your reading list. And uh, it will also probably spur you to want to read a bunch of other folks. Uh, yeah. You have. Yeah, I found that, that Holiday has, has that effect on you that, you know, you start reading some of it and, and he brings in all these other yeah. books. and Makes and, you want to be better read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a great read. And uh, thanks for taking us through it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.